And good morning, everybody. It is, what, June 27th? Sunday, almost June the, 27th. Almost the end of June already. Almost, well, what happened there? I don't know. Uh, across from the table for me is CC. And across from me is JT. And welcome to the CC and JT Amateur Half Hour, or something like that. Something along know. those lines. So much to talk about. We have a fully packed episode today, but we're going to start off by first saying happy birthday. Yesterday Thank was, you. Have, yesterday was your birthday, so happy birthday, CC. Thank you. I hope you had a good one. It was a very good day. Nice and quiet and low-key, just the way I like it. Yep, so. Uh, so, happy birthday and many more. <laughs> uh, it is our third of three episodes to that we talk about sex in writing. You might call this the climax of the series? Climax. Ooh. What have we been leading up to? Yes, I want to kiss you all over. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's keep it somewhat clean. Maybe. I'm I don't know. Are we? Uh, we're not clean. We're not clean today? We're not clean today. Because we're not clean today because we're going to be talking about uh, the... the Explicit. Explicit sex. And uh, before I forget, uh, at the end of this episode, uh, we're going to talk about a free book. Yeah, we, we're throwing a free book out there. Uh, so, um, so we're going to get explicit. And I guess we really need to lead off with um, with a quote from the Supreme Court. This is coming from uh, Judge Potter Stewart um, from the Supreme Court, who and he commented on a case when it came to obscenity. Uh, basically, he what he I'll just read the quote here. I shall not today further attempt further to define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced within the short. That shorthand description, hardcore, hardcore pornography, hardcore pornography. Perhaps I could never succeed in intelligibly doing so, but I know it when I see it. And the motion picture involved in this case is not that. And a Supreme Court judge, judge who was on the the bench for decades, Potter Smith, uh, who has a very interesting history, which is not appropriate here, um, who. The, one of the keenest legal minds in the history of our country and on the court at the time couldn't define hardcore pornography because it was relative to everybody. That's really the case here. What is one person's pornography is another person's art. Right. And along those lines, in the 1980s, when we had young children, there was that push with music lyrics to brand them as explicit. And you had the two hardcore camps, the ones that were saying that certain CDs at the time were going to be branded and labeled with the explicit label, which made kids want them all that much more. Exactly. I and heard then, from, yeah, I heard know. from one of the rappers, you know, decades later, I saw that article. It's funny you bring that up. I said, dark, you know, they, they wanted to send, an, uh, um, you know, flowers to Tipper Gore, who was the person behind that, the right. wife of a ex-vice president Al Gore. They wanted to send flowers to Tipper Gore because that label was was gold. Right. Everybody it's like banned books basically. If something if someone is told not to do something, they want to do it really bad. Yeah. And especially with youth when you're in that teenage hormonal explorative phase, you want to know what's out there. And if someone is telling you that Hey, this is, you know, you're not old enough to see this. You're like, ooh, yeah, I really wanted. I was told by my grandparents, I remember they had a wall of books in their house behind the desk in their office. And I was told that there were books in that wall that were not appropriate for me so that I was to stay away from these books. 
So, of course, the first thing I did when they were out of the house was I went and grabbed a book. It turned out to be a true crime. And it was around 1930s, I want to say. And it had a lot of very specific photography in it. Mm. And, you know, in the motion picture industry, some of the things that were depicted in these photographs would cause a movie to be rated at the upper end of the scale. Like currently it would be NC-17 because of the violence. So, you know... You tell somebody not to do something, they want to do it. And you and you bring up a very good point. You know, um, you know, porn is, of course, not only sex, but it's also violence and language. We've said that before. We've said that before. In a lot of cases, as you pointed out, it's violence against women. It's violence against women, and so, um, and, and this whole this, I don't think this there's ever going to be a mm, satisfactory resolution. Um, and especially what, as to um, you know what is what is porn for porn's sake, what is porn for art's sake? Yes. Uh, especially when you're talking about cultures, when you're talking about ages, when you're talking about genders. You know, some cultures um, are very. You know, you, you go to jail for years for doing something that's you know quote unquote extreme, but in America it would be a PG thirteen experience. So right, and it, it is very much a societal construct based on um, maybe the predominant religion of the area or um, just the general culture that the people are dealing with. Some, some people are much more open about it and some time periods are much more open about it. I think we mentioned this in the, in previous podcasts that uh, historically we kind of think everybody was a prude. That really wasn't the case. So, um, and that reminds me that um, I believe the name is pronounced Mapplethorpe. Remember the Mapplethorpe, mm-hmm. Mapplethorpe photo- photos? Yes. That uh, they caused such an uproar and, you know, for art's sake. Right. It was done theoretically, artistically. Yes. And uh, it, uh, there was quite a backlash against those yeah. photographs. Yeah, they were very homoerotic, very yes. homoerotic yes. photographs. And at the time, uh, you know, they, they were many called them porn and so on and so forth. Um, but today, um, I think perhaps, and I, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I think the shift is that they are art. I think if we saw them today versus we saw them then, they are art. And and so, so we, we so we grapple with porn for porn's sake and porn for art's sake. And just what is porn? Yeah. Who decides what is pornographic? And then we go back to that quote, I know it when I see it. That's correct. So it's basically kind of something that we've mentioned many times is everything is subjective. Mm -hmm. Good books, bad books, good writing, bad writing. It's all subjective. And pornography is the same way because people, there are people who are not phased at all by very graphic, Mm -hmm. explicit writing or movies or things like that. And, you know, it's just, that's what it is. So let's let's go under the two broad categories because we have to go somewhere because we could go all over the place oh, on this definite. subject. And we 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 do that all the time. We, we go all over the place. <laughs> yeah, go over the place. But let's let's go let's let's talk about first porn for porn's sake. Yes. Porn for porn's sake. Ding dong. Pizza delivery. <laughs> Not right. a lot. And since this is a writing broad, you know, writers broad podcast. Um, let's again say what we said in previous ones, you know, sex sells. Yes. So porn for porn sex sells. Yes. If it didn't, it wouldn't be out there. 
That's true. And it wouldn't be out there so much. And so. it wouldn't be such a um, moneymaker for so many industries. But there is, even though it makes a lot of money, there is still a stigma attached to it. Remember the 50 gray, shades of gray phenomenon, which, I mean, again, that's kind of the borderline, is it or is it? In our opinion, it's in the border, borderline. But if you heard, if you read some of the uh, reviews, not just uh, critical reviews, but reviews from that community, they thought that it, it was just uh, sensationalized, perhaps, or it was, yes, you know, it did publicity. not accurately reflect that, that culture for lack yes. of a better phrase. So again, um, and so they would consider it perhaps porn for porn's sake, 50 shades of grade, whereas they have a very, for, whereas the, let's just say it out loud, BDSM community yes. uh, is, uh, they consider themselves to be a very complex community with very specific rules, very specific guidelines that respects all participants and makes sure that they don't cross any borders into, you know, non-consent. Right. And consent is a very important part of this discussion in that in some cases, I think pornography, there is not consent on both sides. It, you know, it's forcibly. It's displayed forcibly. It's displayed forcibly. Like, as you mentioned, the BDSM community Mm -hmm. um, from, you know, I mean, I believe there are like contracts involved in some cases, right. just how far you can go, what each party is willing to safe do, words. safe words, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. I mean, I thought I did see, I don't know if I saw the whole movie, but I saw like Fifty Shades of Grey. And it seemed very corporate to me because mm -hmm. they sat down at two ends of this big, long table and they were discussing this contract. And I'm like, what the heck is even going on here? And I bet that this movie is had not sexy. Like, I bet know? that movie had something like 50 producers or something like that is on set, making sure that it was still a marketable. Right. It was still it a marketable product. Cross that. There's that very strict line yeah. where if you cross that, it's not, not going to sell. Yeah, and I think that's probably was what maybe was the weakness of the movie. Probably is they were more interested in doing a marketable product than they were doing a realistic, uh, culture sensitive product. Um, which, by the way, is probably out there. We don't know it because that's not our that's not our swing. <laughs> good one good one but it's that's not our culture that's not our culture but i'm sure there are examples out there of respectful um culture sensitive bdsm flicks or bdsm works we just don't know it because right. that, that's not where, how we roll but again you know that is the porn for porn's sake issue is that yes. porn for porn's sake or is that um is that porn for art's sake now, I think we can show up Fifty Shades of Grey because basically that was porn for marketing shade, marketing shade. Yes, and I think kind of the point I was coming to was that I never read the book. The movie itself seemed very watered down to me. Yeah. I mean, after all the uproar, I was kind of like, what was the big deal about this? Yeah. So um, the, I think your point is that you know, maybe they're going for something and they're trying to make sure that the broadest possible audience will approve of it. Yeah. And, that, they, they, and it kind of destroyed the whole concept, I think. It goes back to the concept. It goes back to the concept of when you try to make everybody happy, you make nobody happy. Absolutely. Because then it's like, it's so homogenized that there's nothing titillating about it, I guess. Mm, a good word. So for porn, for porn's sakes, uh, for folks that are successful at it, they've why are they successful? They've they've grabbed their audience, they've grabbed their niche audience, 
perhaps they're not doing, you know, um, a shotgun approach at it where they pull the trigger and the pellets go everywhere, where they're being, they're very focused on their audience and they've gained success by, um, you know, either BDSM, uh, forgive me, I don't know all the initials, you know, LGB, LGBTQ plus, I believe, something like that, those kind of audiences and stuff like that. And of course, Cece and I are not judging because, you know, not at all. No, you know, we, we, we love is love, love is love. And as, we have enough challenges with our relationship. We're not going to worry about other people. Oh, do we? Is that another podcast? There's another podcast. Oh, Ooh, let's oh, oh, Here we go. Oh, can of worms opened. Worms everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting back to what we were trying to say is, so people, um, entrepreneurs, writers. Yes. This is a writer's podcast. Writers who are ex- Authorpreneurs. Ex- entrepreneurs. No, 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 no. Authorpreneurs. Authorpreneurs. Oh, new word. No, it's not a new word. It's actually something that's very common. It's oh. people who are self-published authors, I believe, mm-hmm. because you are actually the author, the sometimes the cover designer, the editor, mm-hmm. the proofer, well, we're the authorpreneurs. We're it's okay. like you do most of the work yourself, and you know any offshoot of your writing is your brand. Okay, and you're an authorpreneur. So, so to be a successful authorpreneur in the porn for porn sake uh arena then uh it is my impression in my impression is that uh, they are focused on their niche audience well if you're talking about porn for porn's sake i kind of think you're going for shock value Mm. you're trying to get that publicity you know somebody like the going back to the um censored lyrics type of thing which Mm -hmm. they did on the radio and they still do to this day it's like they censor lyrics from certain songs which sometimes makes them worse and it's like that shock value that you don't need to hear this or you don't need to see this or you don't need to read this sells so the porn for porn's sake i think is going for that shock value we, I don't want to dwell too much on this because we're going to get to the more complex one. It's porn for art's sake, which yes. is really, really the challenge. But uh, but let's go ahead and segue into that. And uh, this porn for art's sake has been a struggle dur- during yours and my generation. It has been generation. Uh, the we're we're using the MPAA slash MPA ratings. Yes. Uh, as to, you know, as to categorize these, categorize these podcasts. And these came into being, you know, all pretty much during our lifetime. Um, and uh, during the 60s or 70s, and I don't remember what, there were attempts to do uh, X-rated films for a general audience, such as uh, the two that come to mind is, uh, um, is uh, the, the, oh gosh, I just, uh, I just spaced on the cowboy movie, but Clockwork Orange. Oh, uh, Midnight Cowboy? But was it Midnight Cowboy? Midnight Cowboy and Clockwork Orange. Uh, uh, Midnight, Midnight Cowboy for the sex because, and spoiler, the main character was a uh, gigolo. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen it, so this, uh, we've just hit everything I know about it, other than it's got the famous you know, scene, I'm walking here! <laughs> Which everybody has probably seen at least that scene from the movie. So congratulations, you've seen a scene from an X-rated movie. Awesome, and then Clockwork Orange. Let me bear. Let me finish right. my string here. Clockwork Orange is, uh, of course, uh, was rated, uh, you know, X for violence, extreme violence. Again, mm-hmm. another movie I've never seen. Uh, so, you know, Hollywood and writers have struggled with, you know, art. Excuse me, porn for art's sake for the general audience, as we kind of said earlier. But uh, it's been a struggle our entire, you know, our entire life. Right, and I can remember Marquis. 
you know, back in childhood where um, sometimes they would put the rating up on the marquee along with the movie. So you'd see a lot of the G, you know, the general audiences, usually like the animated Disney films and stuff. Um, when you got to the point where it was like an X-rated movie or something, they wouldn't advertise that on the big. I remember specifically like a big freestanding marquee in a strip mall where I grew up and they had the, you know, the letters must've been multiple feet tall and everything. And they'd be ab advertising these movies and as you mentioned, those two in specific, they advertised the movies. They didn't necessarily advertise the rating for the movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you'd get to the box office and be like, well, no, you're underage. You cannot get into, not even with your parents' permission, can you get into this movie? So it's, uh, it was, it was definitely directed at a specific audience and the audience knew going in. And I don't know that those were, you know, kind of like we were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, and the marketing to the broader audience. I don't know that those were ever really marketed to the general public. And then as we, as we got older, and then we got older, um, you know, sex kept slipping into the movies, you know, and the, and what was X became R uh, more, more frequently. As sex became more of the plot, um, fatal attraction. Um, nine and a half weeks. Nine and a half weeks. Um, what is the Sharon Stone film? Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. With the, and again, that goes into the consent area because yeah. there is that very famous scene of her crossing and uncrossing her legs yeah. while she's being interrogated. And she's not wearing underwear. For she's folks not that... wearing underwear. Yeah. I believe if the story I heard is correct, she was told that wearing something would ruin the line of the dress she was wearing because it was a very tight dress. And also from stories I've read, uh, I believe she did not know that they were going to have the camera at that angle. Well, you know, And that's why I'm saying, based on what I've read, I'm not sure if this is true or it's marketing, but you know, again, that era, the consent factor comes into it because in the case of a lot of those movies, especially if you have a young up and coming actor, sometimes they're convinced to do things that they really are not comfortable with. Well, I want to go so much away from the actors, but to the writing. And here's, yes. here's the basic question. Is, was the sex necessary? Was right. the sex necessary? Was the graphic sex necessary? And this is something that I struggled with. And I mentioned this in a previous podcast. I, with my porn book, I have I have an X-rated book, an NC-17 book. I have an NC-17 book. And I struggled with, with that. And I'm sure the, que the question may come up with other writers. And I'm going to go ahead and make a generalization here. I don't know if it's so much a... Per writers who do movies because uh because they do have they do have to make something marketable and sometimes sex is expected but is it necessary now the necessary part for for my book um what, what i struggled with is i found that the sex and the violence was necessary to um to Your the main, main character, character yes. to the main character because it was such it, it's it was such a, an intricate part of that character right to grow up with that sex and that violence uh, portion that so the audience would know how uh he would or would not react in a certain situation um and i'm not going to go too far in more further into the my book or my struggle with that issue but i think that is key is is the sex necessary in, in in the media, in books and movies for the for these to survive? And many people just seem to automatically nowadays flip that switch to yes. And it's like, real, uh, 
it, it, and I'm, and again, you know, I did it myself, but I, I also wonder if I just sort of copped out and I wonder if other people copped out in order to, um, you know, to, to meet that lowest common denominator and well it get it goes back to the whole idea of that is something that's not generally on public display it is something that a lot of people find shameful to talk about in polite conversation mm -hmm. and you mentioned taxi driver but then thinking you know a couple decades later pretty woman yeah. richard gare and julie roberts i mean she is a prostitute and from what I hear, that movie was supposed to go much darker than it did. But honestly, there is not a lot of sex in that movie. Even though she is a prostitute, she, he basically buys her for a week. Yeah. But how many, I mean, there are a few intimate scenes. And the whole point is that not so much that he buys her for the sex, he buys her for the companionship. Right. And um, Richard Gere also did American Gigolo, which I have not seen. But... Um, Neither of those movies seem to be quite as um, shocking to people as maybe Taxi Driver. Or, so, I'm sorry, not Taxi Driver, Midnight Cowboy. A uh, Midnight Cowboy, sorry. Yeah. No, I was. Yep, yeah, right. Taxi Driver was a whole different thing with Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different discussion. Right, but, right. But uh, you you point out some movies that were hugely successful, right? With the implied sex. Yes. Um, would they have been more successful? With the graphic sex. I don't think so because of, as you pointed out, the character, he was emotionally stunted in many ways. And it wasn't so much about the sex. It was about her opening him up emotionally. And there was, there was violence against her in the, in pretty woman and everything like she was beaten up by his lawyer. And, um, you know, that was pointed out. It, it was wrong. And, Richard Garrick's character says that, you know, I would never do that to a woman. Yeah. So, um, you know, that type of thing, you can figure that that lifestyle is going to be violent on some levels because of the varied clientele and, you know, being Nevadans, mm. that's a, there's another podcast for you. So um, I'm going to cite one more example um, and then we're going to see, see how we can wrap this up if we can. So uh, I started Doom Patrol, which is a DC Mm -hmm. which is a DC franchise, right. comic book franchise. I started that yesterday. I, I read Doom Patrol when I was a lad, um, you know, with the kids, you know, Robot Man, you know, Flexigirl, you know, the, the, the characters. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm familiar with the characters. I'm familiar with the characters. I'm familiar, familiar with the premise. Basically, DC is Marvel's X-Men. For long story short, it's more complex than that because it always is. So I turned this on, and one of the very first scenes is, is Brendan Fraser's butt, bare butt, and he's, um, well, quite honestly, he's he's doing the help. Right mm. there, boom. She's naked. Brendan Fraser's butt. Thank you, my life has changed. <laughs> and, 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 I, and then it's like, but, you know, Doom Patrol was so well written, in my opinion, when I read it. And then to go to this, it seems like, what? <laughs> right. And they're, you know, um, I guess that's more of, Maybe not porn, because most people probably wouldn't consider that porn these days. But it's like um, that explicit factor just for mm -hmm. the sake of drawing in the audience and saying, oh, look at this. Like like you said, Brendan Fraser's butt, you know, yeah. or his butt double or whatever. No, no, it was his butt. <laughs> You're familiar with that. Uh, we are now. Anybody <laughs> who sees that is very familiar with Brendan Fraser's butt. 
Oh, poor Brendan Fraser. Oh, poor Brendan Fraser. But my, my, my point being is, right. is, is, and you've even said it, they're going for the shock factor to say. Right. Um, and I think in this business, what they're saying is there's going to in what you're about to see in, in this entertainment, quote unquote, is that there's going to be no holds barred. Right. So, you know, if uh, if you had any childhood uh, memories like I had of the Doom Patrol, uh, they're they're going to be changed, and they're uh, and then what you're about to view on your screen is is basically nothing's going to be held back. And, and I also, I you know, I I understand that, but I also found it a little bit disappointing because, in my opinion, it wasn't needed. Right. Because uh, it, it was just. And I think that's the whole point we're trying to make here is that you really need to figure out whether this fits your story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to go for shock value, well, that's up to you. And I really think you need to think hard about that decision but the idea of uh it being character development versus just hey let's throw this in here because people want to see it Mm -hmm. or read it and you know in some cases i think maybe some books are specifically just meant to be oh here you go here's like a smorgasbord of things that shock you you're gonna you know what you're getting into when you bought when you buy it that kind of thing so right so i'm not quite sure how to wrap this up because this is such a convoluted, well, convoluted, it's like complex, you know, there's so many dimensions and there's no way that we're going to fit this into a 30 minute podcast. And no. we're not going to, I don't think we can actually provide guidance on this one, but it, it's. The, no, the, it's, I think the, the point here is to get people thinking that, you know, when you're working on your manuscript, if you throw something in there and you go back later and go, why did I do this? You know, I threw in this specific sex scene because I thought anything. something. Or yeah, anything. And, but since we're talking about basically sex, sex right now, mm-hmm. if you throw in this sex scene and you go back and you go, okay, well, does this really fit here? You know, you need to make that decision as to whether or not it should stay. Right. If you want to do it for the sake of shocking people, that's up to you. But are you doing it for art's sake or are you doing it for shock value? And that's kind of what yeah, we're... Why are you, just why are you doing it? You need to be able to answer why you're putting this stuff, any stuff in your book. Right. Especially sex, especially violence. Uh, because if you can't justify it to yourself, um, <clears throat> and I've run into this situation too with this book that I'm about to re-advertise. Uh, if you can't justify it to, to your audience, then, then um, you, you pretty much uh, cheated everybody. And right. You, you've, you've, you've turned out an inferior product. And I think that also goes back to something we've mentioned numerous times. You need to know your audience. Sure. Uh, you can't market everything to everyone. And, you know, it just doesn't work. It kind of, I think it messes up the story, basically. Yeah, it, and it takes, sometimes it'll take people out of the story. Right. And that suspension of disbelief, which is so important, is lost. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up because we um, do have some advertising to do here. Uh, in support of this episode, uh, we have made um, uh, Love and Death on I-80 West free uh, for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, I'll put reminders out there on, on the social media. And what I would like is I hope that, A, you pick it up because it is free. It's free anyway if you're on Kindle Unlimited. But if you for $0.99, cents, um, you know, I'm saving you $0.99 cents <laughs> for the next three days. Go out there, pick it up. Thumb through it. Uh, was it porn for porn's sake? Was it porn for art's sake? Was it was the violence and the sex necessary for the main character, uh, or was it uh, just something that I threw in there just to, for titillation factor? That's your homework assignment, folks. Well, and the other aspect of that is, uh, do you even consider it porn? Mm. You know, depending I, I on the audience. Con- no, I do not consider it porn. Right. I do not consider it porn because, as I said, 
those two aspects of sex and violence were part of the character. Mm -hmm. And whether we like it or not, folks, sex and violence is part of our makeup. It's part of our... It's uh, part of life. Part of existence, part of life. We've had to deal with it. We've had to deal with with all of that in one way or the other throughout mm-hmm. our throughout our lives. So, uh, you know, so you, you really we can't cop out that that way either. No, way. I'm just saying that you know, um, part of the point I think we're trying to make here is what exactly constitutes pornography and who is the person who decides when whether something is pornographic. I know it when I see it. That's actually kind of where we started. That's kind of where we started. So we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. We thank everybody for uh, playing along, listening to us. We might have a very interesting podcast next week. We have to mull it out. We've already thought about it, and uh, we're going to just talk amongst ourselves. We may take a cheat and do something else, but I think the pot, the, the pot, and the one we're thinking about next week could be pretty interesting if we go there. Especially after this subject matter. Yeah. And it kind of ties in a little bit. So, okay, so we hope that you uh, you have a great summer day. We hope that you stay cool if you are so affected. And again, across the uh, table from me is CC. And across from me is JT. And we hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We hope that you enjoyed it. You enjoyed this podcast. More details, more things on our website at carsonhume.com. Y'all take care of yourself. Have a great week. Bye.